Um, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 7, look at a familiar passage, in fact we sang from this passage this morning, Matthew chapter 7 and read verses 7 through 11 says this, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who when his son asks for a loaf will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give what is good to those who ask him? Amen. Let's pray here and let Dick lead us. Our Father, we are so thankful that you've told us that we can ask and Mm. seek and knock and that it will be answered. And we think especially here of asking for your Holy Spirit to help us. Um, We know you're not uh, going to give us anything less than what's just right for us Mm -hmm. uh, by way of giving us your Holy Spirit. So we ask for the help of the Holy Spirit now as we hear, as as we listen, as, as David speaks, we are asking for help from heaven. Yes. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, today I want to speak about the topic of persevering in prayer. And from this passage, I want to highlight two points one being the necessity of perseverance, and then secondly, the certainty of the results. And my burden in sharing this uh, is for those who are burdened and have been praying for a long time and have not yet seen an answer to their prayer. I think we could all testify to that in some area of our life where we've prayed and been burdened and yet have not seen an answer. And I would like for you to think about this right now. What is the one thing or maybe a few different things that you've been burdened for and have not yet uh, seen an answer to your prayer. And I hope that through this time to be able to equip you and to encourage you uh, to press on and to not grow weary in prayer. And it's amazing how much this topic of perseverance and not growing weary comes up not just in prayer but in the Christian life in general. I was thinking of Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, where it says, Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. Think about your testimony in the workplace. You know, you, you're seeking to honor the Lord in your place of business, your place of work, maybe at school. And yet those around you may be doing just the opposite. They don't care about the testimony of the Lord. They're looking to get the easy way out, cutting corners, cheating even, 
And at times there's a temptation to think, what is the good here? You know, what's the profit in me trying to honor the Lord? There's no fruit that's coming forth from it. But we are to not grow weary in doing good. There is a reward for those who do good. Um, And if you think about this, the Christian life is very discouraging for the impatient. If we're impatient, it's a discouraging life. Most of the time, we do not sow and immediately reap. As much as we would like that to be the case, it just isn't. There is a long time in between. Think about how miserable it would be to be a farmer and to be impatient, to have that kind of mentality. Um, We've got some farmers here who've planted fields. I imagine most of you probably planted your fields in the springtime, maybe sometime in May. What kind of a farmer would you be if by Memorial Day weekend you're groaning because you don't have a harvest yet? It's like that's, that's too soon. There's labor that goes into a harvest. Planting is part of that labor, but then there's work. There's patience. There's waiting. And then the harvest comes. And it's the same way in the Christian life. What about in evangelism? Maybe you're all excited to go out and share the gospel with the desire that maybe another Pentecostal harvest will come in. But instead of 3,000 being saved, there's a handful that mock and scorn you, and the rest are just completely indifferent, seem indifferent to what you have to share. There's no visible harvest there. Well, even in that, don't lose heart, don't grow weary. But what I want to focus on today specifically is in this area of prayer. How often in prayer do we go with a burden to the Lord and see no immediate answer and then give up? We give up too soon in prayer. And again, don't lose heart, don't grow weary. And so this first point that I want to bring up is the necessity of perseverance, and I want to draw this right from our passage here. So in my Bible, this is a New American Standard. It, uh, it has in the margin there for ask, seek, and knock. It gives an alternative here, you might say. Ask and keep asking. Knock and keep knocking. Seek and keep seeking. It isn't just an idea of asking once or seeking once or knocking once. The verbs actually imply an ongoing action, asking and continuing to ask, seeking and continuing to seek, and knocking and continuing to knock. Now, there is a glorious promise along with this, and we're going to look at that in just a minute. But we must not miss the fact that perseverance is necessary. If we're going to receive, we must continue to ask and seek and knock. If our requests were granted immediately, there would be no need for perseverance, right? You wouldn't have to encourage someone to persevere in prayer if every time they ask for something, immediately there's a knock at the door and there's the answer. There would be no need for perseverance in that sense. 
But it isn't that way in the Christian life, like we already talked about in, in your testimony and work, um, evangelism, and then even here in prayer. Oftentimes our prayers seem to go unanswered. There's a need, there's a burden, and you ask the Lord for mercy and for help, but the help doesn't seem to come. The prayers seem to go unanswered. And it's precisely in this scenario that we need to persevere, to not give up, to not lose heart. And as we see here in our passage, Jesus invites us and encourages us to ask and keep asking, to seek and keep seeking, and to knock and keep knocking. And so what I want to do just briefly here is I want to consider each one of these. They're, I think they're basically saying the same thing, ask, seek, knock, but I want to look at um, a couple different passages and just talk about each one of these. So first, asking. And I, I thought a perfect example of this is uh, in Luke 18, if you want to turn there. We're going to actually look at two different passages here in Luke 18, or two different stories. The first one I want to jump to is actually at the end of, um, of the chapter, which maybe I should have done it in reverse order, because there's a parable um, at the beginning of the chapter, and then a story at the end of the chapter, and both are very closely related. So let's start in verse 35. This is Bartimaeus. As Jesus was approaching Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the road begging. Now hearing a crowd going by, he began to inquire what this was. They told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he called out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way were sternly telling him to be quiet, but he kept crying out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded that he be brought to him. And when he came near, he questioned him, What do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, Receive your sight, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and began following him, glorifying God. And when all the people saw it, they gave praise to God. So here we have Bartimaeus, blind and in need. And he hears that Jesus is passing by, and he's desperate. He cries out to him but is immediately met with resistance. The crowd, those around are saying, be quiet, stop, you're annoying, you're, you're distracting from what's going on here. Be quiet. But he doesn't stop there. He doesn't give in to the opposition that he's faced with. He cries out all the more, which I know this is kind of conjecture in one sense, but Think about this question. What would have happened if Bartimaeus would have listened to the crowd and stopped asking? And I believe it's safe to assume he would not have been healed, at least not then and in that place. It was because he continued to persist in crying out all the more. He wouldn't give in. He wouldn't stop with just one request. He kept crying out all the more, and Jesus heard him, and Jesus called to him. So you could say his perseverance 
got through, got an answer because of his perseverance. But let's jump back to the beginning of this chapter where Jesus tells a parable in uh, Luke 18, verses 1 through 8. And you'll see how uh, closely these two stories are together. So, Luke 18, verse 1. Now, Jesus was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart. Now, this is wonderful when you're reading a parable and right at the beginning it tells you this is why Jesus told this parable. It's like there's no misunderstanding here. He specifically is telling this so that we will pray at all times and not lose heart. Saying, verse 2, In a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. There was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him, saying, Give me legal protection from my opponent. For a while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now, will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night? And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So here Jesus plainly is telling us this parable to encourage us to be like this widow, to persevere, to not stop by just asking once. This really in some sense is a troubling passage, especially if you try and equate the judge with God. And that's not what we are to do in this passage. We're not to try and look for characteristics of God in this judge. Jesus says right away, or in this passage, the unrighteous judge. So this is not God. But what he's trying to highlight is, look at how this widow is, re, is handling the situation, persisting, continuing to ask. And even an unrighteous judge will grant that request. How much more? Your father, your good father in heaven will give, um, bring about justice speedily for them. So here's this encouragement to us. Don't lose heart. Don't give up. And don't grow weary. Keep asking. Be like Bartimaeus. Be like this widow here who continued to ask. Now, as a parent, I think I get a little uncomfortable with the idea of asking and keep asking. Because sometimes to me, it feels like it's a sign of impatience. You know, if a child asks for something and keeps asking time and time again, eventually it seems right to say, stop, that's enough. You need to wait and be patient. But it isn't that way with God. As long as there is not an answer, we should keep going And keep asking and not give up. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. But I believe that there is a place for persisting, even in patience, waiting on God and continuing to ask Him. And maybe we ought to think of it as urgency. When there's an urgency, when there's a burden, and we continue to ask, it's not being impatient. 
it's being, it's really, it's doing exactly what the Lord is exhorting us here in Matthew 7. Ask, keep asking, keep coming, keep knocking, keep seeking. You think about some of these prayers, Lord, save your people now. I mean, here we've had our brother share about what's going on in Nigeria. It's right to be praying, Lord, please deliver these people now, that urgency. In other words, not, Lord, in, you know, we're just coming to you just whenever is convenient, but there's this urgency, Lord, please save these people. Lord, glorify your name now. We see it all around us in our culture. No regard for God whatsoever. Lord, exalt and glorify your name in all the earth now. Or even the prayer of, of God's people. Lord, come quickly. This, this is right. These are right prayers to be asking. Lord, come quickly. There's an urgency there. If you have a burden... Don't hold back out of a false sense of politeness from going before the Lord and continuing to ask. It's not rude to ask every day. I mean, even some of these passages that we've read, the song that we sang earlier, morning and evening will I cry aloud, like twice a day, multiple times a day. Keep asking, keep going. God loves when we pray in that way, that urgency, that burden. So come boldly before the throne of grace and keep asking. Don't hold back. Well, seek. Seeking the Lord. And I was thinking, I don't have any passages of scripture on this, but just some examples of this. Think about a treasure hunter What is the likelihood of a treasure hunter finding a treasure when his routine is I get up in the morning and I go in the backyard for five minutes with my metal detector and then I go back inside and sit on the couch and read the newspaper? You know, what kind of a treasure are you going to recover with that kind of a mentality? Five minutes and then I'm done. That's it. You're never going to get a treasure if that's the type of treasure hunter you are. It takes perseverance. It takes diligence. It takes effort, a lot of effort. I read of one treasure hunter that spent 15 years searching for a treasure before he found it and recovered it. It was a sunken ship somewhere in the um, Caribbean. And, um, you know, just untold wealth that was found. And I think he knew it. He knew the reward that would be found But he didn't give up. He had to keep seeking. Fifteen years is a long time. There are others who spend their whole lives looking for treasure. And you can bet this. The ones who find the greatest treasure are probably the ones who have spent the most time seeking for that treasure. The ones like me that would grow impatient after digging a few holes will probably find some spoons in the backyard. And that's about it. There is, must be perseverance. No treasure is found without effort and perseverance. You have to seek and keep seeking until it's found. And it's the same way in prayer. If there's a burden, don't give up. Keep seeking the Lord in prayer until you find the treasure. Don't lose heart. Don't grow weary and faint. Keep 
persevering. What about knocking? Think about this. You know, summer evenings, the, uh, it takes a long time for the sun to go down. It's a good time to go out for an evening walk. Maybe you're walking along and you come to a friend's house. Like, well, let's stop and say hi. And you knock on the door and no one comes to the door. It's not a big deal. You know, you're just out for a leisurely walk. It, no, no big deal. You just keep on going. But think about this. What if you're fleeing from an oncoming storm and you come to a house to seek shelter there? Do you have that same mentality like, knock, knock, well, I guess no one's here. No, if there's a storm coming and you're fleeing from that storm, you pound on the door, you knock, you about break the door down to get in. There's that urgency, that seriousness about it. What's the difference? And it's just what I said there, urgency. There's a need there. I need to get inside this house for safety. And so you keep knocking until someone comes to the door. If there's no urgency, then it's no big deal. I guess no one's home. But when there's an urgency, it is a big deal. And brethren, that's the mentality that we ought to have in prayer. Knock and keep knocking. Don't worry about Again, about this politeness, the dignity of just tapping on the door. You keep knocking, you keep asking, you keep seeking. Well, let's consider now the certainty of the results. And this um, is found back in, I guess I was in Luke 18 still, but back in Matthew 7. Matthew 7, verse 7, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. The Lord does not say, If we ask, we might receive. There's a possibility of him answering. He states, it states it very plainly. It will be given to you. You will find it will be open to you. Now, I'm going to just be honest here. We are treading onto some uncomfortable territory. Um, it almost sounds like kind of a name it and claim it type of promise. And obviously, knowing the error of the name it and claim it preachers and the prosperity gospel, we, we rightfully kind of want to steer clear of any imbalance there. And we will oftentimes try and qualify these types of statements. And to be clear, I do want to say this up front, this is not saying if you ask and keep asking for a million dollars, you're going to receive it. That's not what Jesus is, is stressing here in this passage. There certainly is the balance of asking according to the Lord's will and not just asking for selfish motives. So I want to make that clear. There is a sense in which the the more we know the Lord, the more we're able to pray according to his will. We begin to understand more of the mind and the heart of the Lord. Um, And so we can ask with greater and greater confidence 
But also statements like this about the certainty of the results can be hard for us to hold on to because for many of us, we have unanswered prayers. Um, And for some, uh, even prayers that seem to not just be unanswered, but prayers that seem to have been answered in exactly the opposite way in which we had asked. Um, That's hard. That's that's really hard to know when you're when you experience things like that and then read passages like this where it seems to imply that there's this guarantee of results. You know, even Jesus prayed that the cup of God's wrath might pass, and the Father did not grant that request. Think about Paul. He said he prayed three times that the Lord might remove this thorn in the flesh. And the Lord didn't grant that request to him, but the Lord did give an answer. My grace is sufficient for you. So the Lord did answer, but not in the way that Paul had prayed. And so God is sovereign, and he is perfectly ruling and reigning in every situation. And that's clear from basically the entire Bible. And I don't want to ignore that fact about God's sovereignty um, in, in answering prayer, nor the fact that sometimes our prayers seem to go unanswered. I don't want to ignore that. But today... My burden and my desire here is I want to share with you what Jesus is encouraging us and instructing us to do, which we already talked about this idea of perseverance. But oftentimes we can miss the wonder of a statement like this by rushing to qualify it instead of just meditating on the glorious reality of what Christ is telling us. So, and there's lots of times in scripture where you have, you can preach a message or give, give some thoughts that are along one line, and then there's some other thoughts along another line. And if every time we're trying to, like, give equal time to both, you, you oftentimes will miss the wonder of what God is saying. Here, in this passage, what we're seeing is if we persevere in prayer, the Lord will grant our request. That is clear from this passage. And I want to go on to show that it's clear from a whole bunch of passages in the Gospels. So this question, is this an isolated passage that isn't found elsewhere in Scripture? And am I making a point about something that the rest of the Bible is silent about. In other words, if you ask, you will receive. Am I overemphasizing something that isn't clear from Scripture? Well, I'm going to read you several passages. You don't have to turn to these, but I just want to bring out how much this is repeated. So Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 says this, Again, I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Matthew twenty-one twenty-two says, And all things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. And there is a parallel passage, that same uh, verse, parallel passage in Mark. We already looked at Luke chapter 18, the unrighteous... Um, judge there with the exhortation to not lose heart in prayer. 
But then going on to John's gospel, John 14, verses 13 and 14. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And then later in that same chapter, verse uh, uh, verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. And then finally in John 16, verses 23 and 24, in that day you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, so that your joy may be full. So here are several passages that I've just read that are all stressing virtually the same thing. Ask. And you will receive. And here's another wonderful reality of this. Every one of these was Jesus telling us to do this. It wasn't one of the the New Testament preachers who was a little off in what he was thinking. This is Jesus himself telling us, ask and you will receive. It's incredible. This passage in Matthew 7 is not an obscure passage that we're taking out of context. It's a repeated theme that comes up over and over in the Gospels. So again, think of the burdens in your life. Think about the things that seem too wonderful or too impossible. Here are some examples maybe for you or for some of us. Maybe the salvation of our children. Maybe the salvation of a spouse or the salvation of parents or other family members, maybe a besetting sin in your life. Maybe you desire more of the Holy Spirit in your life. There's a spiritual dryness and there's a burden. Lord, fill me more with your spirit. Maybe you long to grow in faith and trust in the Lord. You want to grow in that way. You don't want to be spiritually weak. You want to be trusting God, like Andrew's preached some messages here, trusting God in the ordinary events of our life. What are the burdens in your life? What is the big obstacles in your life? Come to Jesus and ask. Seek and knock and don't give up. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking because you will receive. So the passage clearly instructs us that we must persevere, but it also gives us this wonderful encouragement, we will receive. And it is this encouragement that actually fuels our prayer. What encouragement would there be if we knew that whatever we asked, we would just be met with the same answer over and over? No, no, no. Eventually, you would lose all heart. You would lose all interest at all in praying if you knew the answer every time was going to be no or complete silence. There would be no purpose in prayer if God never answered. 
but it is precisely because he does answer that we can have confidence to come and ask and seek and knock. This passage does instruct us and encourage us to persevere, but it also fuels that perseverance by reminding us of the great reward, and that is answered prayer. Brethren, realize this. What a wonderful thing it is that if we ask, the Lord will grant. It's like that should encourage us to keep asking. Well, finally, why can we have such confidence in the Lord granting our request? Aside from the fact that here he says he will do it, ask and it will be given to you. Everyone who asks receives. So we can take it in faith um, because Jesus has said this. But aside from that, let's go on and look at the, the last part of this passage, verses 9 through 11. Or what man is there among you? So verse 9. Who when his son asks for a loaf will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? One of the key reasons for doubt and unbelief regarding the Lord answering our prayer is how we view God, how we view the heart of God. And some of this ties in very much with the book study we've been doing, uh, Gentle and Lowly on the, the Person of Christ. But think about this. Is our view of God that he is a cold, uncaring deity that scowls at us and only answers requests when he absolutely has to. Is that our view of God? Well, what do these verses tell us about the heart of God? First, Jesus reminds us that we are praying to our Father. Notice the the implications here. Um, In Verse 9, what man is there among you who win his son? You see, he is the relationship being described here is between a father and his child. And then Jesus says plainly in verse 11, your father who is in heaven. The relationship being described here is not a king to a Subject, you know, somewhat not a king to a slave who's been enslaved in some way and is in a dungeon. The relationship being described here is a father and his child. We are not coming to an unknown deity. We are not coming to one who is all powerful but completely uncaring. How awful would that be if our God had all power? but no desire, no love whatsoever, no interest in answering prayer. We are not coming to a God like that. We are coming to our Father. And that should encourage us greatly. Now, I know that not everyone has or had a good father growing up. You know, due to the effects of the fall, many are raised in homes where there is no father, or in homes where the father is uncaring, unloving, um, not, not a good father. 
However, there are many of us who did have good fathers, not perfect fathers, but fathers who cared and loved and protected us. And thinking about a good earthly father like that, a father who loves and cares and protects you, what emotions do you feel when thinking about asking something of that father? So if you've had a good father, what emotions are in your mind when you think about asking something of your father? Is there fear? Is there doubt that he cares for you? Is there doubt that he'll give you what you ask for? Is there fear that he'll punish you for asking? In other words, get upset that you've asked again. If you have a good earthly father, the answer to all of these questions is a resounding no. There is no fear. There is no trepidation in going to ask a favor of your father. There is no doubt that he cares for you and that he'll give you what you ask within the bounds of his ability. Because again, we're talking about going to our earthly father to ask a favor or ask something. So as much as he's able, he'll give. If this is the relationship we have with our earthly fathers, and Jesus describes in uh, here, if you then being evil, in other words, our earthly fathers are described as being evil, Why would we think less of our heavenly father? Notice the example from the lesser to the greater in verse 11. If you being evil, how much more will your father in heaven? You see, we can go with confidence to our earthly fathers and ask favors of them. How much more going before God, our heavenly father, with confidence that he will hear, that he loves and cares for us. Well, that's looking at it from the perspective of the child relating to the father. But now let's turn that around a little bit. Let's think about this also from the standpoint of the father. If you are a parent, you can relate to the parental sympathies that we feel towards our children when they are in need. If your child is hungry or thirsty and asks for food or water, a good parent is inclined towards their child. They're not put off by the fact that their child is hungry or thirsty. Weariness certainly sets in for parents oftentimes, but there is a sense in which you you desire to reach out and to help your child when they're in need. It's a delight, it's a joy to be able to give to our children things that they need, things that we know will be a help to them. And when they come and ask us, it's not like this scowl comes across our face, why are you asking me? It's like, I'm your dad. I want to help. I want to do what I can to help. Well, if that's our heart towards our children, and oftentimes we do struggle with sin and wrong attitudes towards our kids, but if that's the underlying um, attitude that we have towards our kids of wanting to, to be a help to them, how much more our Father in heaven who loves us with a perfect sinless love? Brethren, we have nothing to fear 
in going before the Lord in prayer. We have much to gain. We ought to go with great confidence knowing that he hears us and that he loves us and that he cares for us. So don't go in fear. Don't go full of doubt and unbelief. Your father loves you and is delighted that you come and ask. So ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. And again, think about what is the burden in your life. And again, maybe it's multiple things. Maybe it is salvation of some. Maybe it's a hard trial that you're in or a difficult situation and you don't know the right thing to do and you've been asking. Keep asking, Lord, give wisdom, give direction, shine your light in this situation. There's a hundred things that we could, we could apply this to, each one of us probably. But the point that I want to stress here in this is don't give up. Don't lose heart. Keep pressing in. Keep seeking and keep asking. Well, why don't we pray here in closing. Father, we thank you that you've given us such great encouragement to come in prayer. And Lord, I confess for myself what a, what a sad state I'm in that here there's such wonderful promises, such great encouragement, and yet it, it seems as though there's so little reality in my own life about persevering and coming in prayer. So Lord, please forgive me for that. I pray, Lord, that you would help each one here. Lord, that we would have a renewed sense of your great love for us. Lord, that that would be what fuels our prayer life. Lord, not just the the needs around us, but your great love for us and for those who are in need and for those who are hurting. Lord, we pray that you would help us to be ones who persevere in prayer. Lord, that we might see great answers to prayer. Lord, I, I think of time and time again before trips and before times on the road we'll we'll pray and ask for safety and lord you've you've granted that again and again and again millions of miles represented here in this room of safety on the road but lord we we know that you're watching over us but lord we pray that we might be able to enter in and see souls saved uh, through prayer Lord, that we might see um, sin overcome through prayer. Lord, that we might see uh, difficult situations, relationship problems and such, Lord, that you might intervene, that you would do what's needed through prayer. So help us, Lord. We come to you and ask in Jesus' name. Amen.